This podcast is made possible by the donors and members of the show. If you'd like to contribute to the work we're doing, visit the support tab at thepermaculturepodcast.com. This is The Permaculture Podcast. I'm Scott Mann. You're listening to episode 1701, What Was, What Shall Be, a year-end New Year retrospective. What can I say? 2016 was a tumultuous year for many. As this latest trip around the sun drew to a close, I saw so many memes and references that 2016 was a year where people would make sure they stayed up until midnight just to watch the year die, while looking to 2017 to be an entirely different, hopefully brighter, year. Though I'm not one who puts much stock in a year being good or bad, I did stay up until after midnight, but this was to spend time with my family, putting Legos together with my children and singing along to some heavy metal. And during that time spent with them, had some moments of reflection, of all of my own ups and downs. The divorce, two moves, some health issues. But all in all, I gotta say that I'm quite pleased with what happened over the last 12 months. All the time that I got to spend with my children, family, and friends. The dozens of interviews recorded, hundreds of phone calls and emails responded to, the people met at various live events, as well as some different projects that got launched, including my collaborative with Liminal Collective, as well as the fundraiser with Verde Energia Pacifica, which I'd like to congratulate Robin Kelson for being the winner who was randomly selected for that drawing. And already as I sit here, on January 1st recording this, 2017's shaping up to be beautiful, as I look to spend more time in person with others, working on creating community, and think that in many ways that that's the best thing that we can do, regardless of the place that we're in. Whether we're concerned about the Brexit vote, or the presidential elections here in the United States, about job loss, economic turmoil, or whatever the year may hold, we're best to spend it with each other, growing, building, and creating together. And so that's kind of the focus that I have in my personal life for what's to come. But before I get any more into that, this was a pretty big year with the biggest news being that, out of everything that happened around the globe, for our community, we lost two important figures to the movement. One of them, a founder, and the other, perhaps, our best communicator. I speak, of course, of Bill Mollison and Toby Hemingway. I never knew Bruce Charles Bill Mollison, who passed away on September 24, 2016, at the age of 88. But I wouldn't be here doing this without his efforts to popularize the ideas that he developed with David Holmgren. Slow to build in the early years, seeing the numbers of trained practitioners grow from dozens to hundreds throughout the 1980s, and the books rise from a handful to perhaps a dozen through that time. We're now seeing a flourish of activity build upon what Bill started with David more than 40 years ago. When I first came to permaculture, two decades ago myself, Mollison's designer's manual was about all we had to go on in the West. Starting in the early 2000s, however, with Gaia's Garden, the roots of this discipline took hold and allowed the rest to flourish. It is with a still heavy heart that I hold the loss of Toby Hemingway, who passed away on December 20th, 2016. I did have the good fortune to get to know him through correspondences in our interview together, and though Gaia's Garden touched many, it was his second book, The Permaculture City, that continues to hold my thoughts because the critiques he offered on running away to the countryside, as opposed to being where people are, in our cities. 
He also, throughout those pages, encouraged us to focus on our talents and to create systems that account for them, rather than pushing to embrace someone else's example of what to do. Toby's work in that book pushed us to truly design our systems around ourselves, to refocus on that zone zero zero that we inhabit at the center of our human-driven systems. I was looking forward to a follow-up to the Permaculture City sometime in the future, and more short-term, was outlining a second interview with Toby to reach out to him today. When words of his illness reached me, not long after he passed, both Toby and Bill will be missed, and I'm thankful for the time they did have to share their thoughts through their writing, interviews, and thanks to the good fortune of the internet, videos. From that big news of our community, there's the smaller news of this show, which entered its seventh year in October 2016. Between guest host David Bilbrey and myself, we produced 47 episodes this year. If you're new to the show, I want to check out some highlights. Some that I recommend include Mary Reynolds, the Irish author of The Garden Awakening, who shared with us a way to connect with the stories of a place, to listen to the myths and legends of the people and the land, to reconnect with what we've lost culturally. Whatever our background, we come from somewhere and should get to know that where. Stephen Martin, the sacred gardener from Canada, reminded me in a similar way to Mary for the need to reconnect by creating a relationship with the land that we're on. For those of us who can look to our ancestors and know that their stories are not those of the land that we are on, we can reach out to those who called the ground we walk on home and learn about and from them the wisdom of the first peoples, while also being allies to their cause. I also think from Stephen's examples about how many of us are displaced from the places where our stories come from and how we were once all indigenous. Those traditions, stories, and folkways often still exist. We just call them myths, legends, or folk tales. And by going back to those, reading them, steeping ourselves in them, we can rediscover them and connect to our families or the land they come from. Moving from the land to our social and economic structures, both of the conversations with Sean Chamberlain bring his work with David Fleming and David's legacy to life. Surviving the Future and Lean Logic, both books on my best of for 2016, create a connection between the long-standing work of permaculture to build in the landscape and take it a step closer towards meeting the needs of our social and economic systems by addressing the tension we feel between our always-on, just-in-time economy and the slower traditions of community. David's vision, continued by Sean, is not rooted in some sense of nostalgia, but on the prospect of what the world will be like when energy and employment cease to exist as we know them today. Using those ideas, we can slow down and reach out to our community to share our gifts, which is what Eric Chisler, my dear brother, joined David Bilbrey to share his thoughts on. This subject is dear to my heart as the boundaries of permaculture continue to push beyond the roots in the landscape, and Eric shared his own experiences and current efforts with the Emergence Network to create the opportunities our new future will require. The interview with Eric meant a lot for me personally because it was recorded just as he and I were preparing to leave Seppi's place, as that project, as we knew it, came to a close. 
and is being rebirthed as something different. I give thanks for my time with Eric and how our conversations drove me deeper into exploring community and alternative structures, as he and I spent late nights in the kitchen, cleaning and preparing food, wrapped up in our discussions while listening to heavy metal in the background. That made the work of Sean Chamberlain even more timely, and reminded me of one of his colleagues, Rob Hopkins, originator of the Transition Town Movement, who joined me shortly after the Brexit vote, while we Americans were reaching the zenith of the United States presidential election, to talk about the current state of transition. During that conversation, we also look at some of the critiques of permaculture to accomplish the work that is necessary to create not only permanent human agriculture, but also the permanent human culture that can survive the climate crisis that is already upon us, and the looming threat of energy descent. Though we may not talk about these two motives for permaculture often, especially as oil prices continue to hover around a low price per barrel, and we adjust to the new normal of weather weirding, but those dangers are not going away, and soon will come to call, making transition even more important, as well as finding allies in different disciplines, such as Dr. Talia Fletcher, who I got to meet when her family visited me from Canada while still living at Seppi's place. There we got to know one another and discuss a holistic approach to veterinary medicine, which we then turned into a later interview. It's important to reach out and get to know folks from as many communities as we can to be the ones not only working in the landscape, but also in our community to build the bridges, if we're so called, so that we can be allies in our community. As I found from interviewing Robin Mello, the program director of the Philadelphia Orchard Project, after she provided an introduction to that project, Robin shared her own story about the community choices she's made by living in the inner city of Philadelphia. Having known Robin a long time, she remains someone whose work I follow to remember what is possible in the urban environment. While others are still formulating and collecting their thoughts, she is actively doing the work through pop and her own life choices all while living in the fifth largest city in the United States. From Philadelphia, I move to Australia and end this retrospective of interviews with a conversation that started the year, Taj Shakluna, the Perma Pixie. In that conversation, a continuation of one that we started in 2015, Taj shared her experiences as a small business permaculture practitioner and what it means to straddle the line between economics and earth care. I'm often reminded that 80% of businesses fail in the first year and a half, so it's clear that being an entrepreneur isn't a straight shot at success. And still, if we're going to continue to practice permaculture in the world that we find ourselves in, with liberal economic policies focused around market capitalism, there are models that we can play with by owning our own labor or looking to work outside of those systems through structures like the gift economy and by making changes in our own lives to live with less financial capital while we build the social, experiential, and other connections that are necessary, there is still a place for permaculture in the world as we know it, as we transition to the world that we want to see. And myself, Taj, Sean Chamberlain, and many others are choosing to live like this, to live differently, while still being a part of the world. I won't say that it's easy, but each day we can make the changes that get us closer to where we want to be. It's a long game we're participating in. Industry, capital, and environmental degradation didn't begin overnight, and we're not going to solve these problems in just a year, or even a decade. As a mentor of mine used to say, fast, cheap, or easy, pick two. 
Let's make it cheap and easy by going slow. One day, one act at a time. While these conversations that highlight the year were all recorded via wire, using Skype and digital wizardry, I also encourage you to check out the group discussions from my trips to Clear Creek, Kentucky, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and Baltimore, Maryland. In those, you can hear a multitude of voices come together in conversations about community, fellowship, and creating in urban and rural spaces. Live events like these are always fun, and I like going out to meet and speak with folks in person. If you'd like to host a live recording of the Permaculture Podcast in your community and are somewhere near the East Coast, let me know. Another event that was wildly successful in 2016 and is being brought back in 2017 is the Mid-Atlantic Permaculture Convergence, and I'll be sharing some more information about that soon. And while reviewing and recapping some of what's happened on the show, I'd like to give a shout-out to Jason Gadeski for creating the Fifth World role-playing game. Though it's been a while since Jason was on the show as a guest, I got to hang out with him and Julie at the convention Save Against Fear in October of 2016, and got to play the Fifth World. And it was a really amazing experience because with the way that everything interacted, Jason, Julie, and my fellow players were able to evoke an animist experience for me within the game when my character had to face the personification of his disconnect from family. Honestly, it left me shaken for a few moments thanks to the power of the storytelling moment. And so, whatever your background, be it a gamer, storyteller, or anyone interested in myth, I really recommend checking out the game at thefifthworld.com. Sign up to be a playtester, bring some friends together, and see what you can do to explore the future 400 years from now. If you're looking for new books to read, some releases from 2016 that I recommend picking up are, of course, because I keep coming back to them, Lean Logic and Surviving the Future, both edited by Sean Chamberlain, as well as Rewild or Die by Urban Scout, a persona of Peter Michael Bauer from Rewild Portland, and The New Wildcrafted Cuisine by Pascal Baudar. Lean Logic and Surviving the Future, as mentioned in my interview with Sean Chamberlain, fill the gulf between permaculture and transition, bridging the landscape and the new culture needed for a bountiful future that acknowledges and embraces scarcity and gives us the tools to create a bountiful abundance. Rewild or Die, though a snapshot of a particular moment in time for the rewilding community, being one of the earliest books on rewilding, is one that I recommend for everyone interested in permaculture, rewilding, and the current primitive skills movement. As someone knowledgeable of permaculture, Peter is able to provide insight on the intersection between the world that arose from agriculture and what we have to learn from indigenous traditions, all delivered with a bit of snark and sarcasm. On the other side of the spectrum, when it comes to primitive skills, is Pascal Baldar's The New Wildcrafted Cuisine, which takes wild foods and turns them into high culinary fare in a way I've not found elsewhere. Yes, many field books will teach you what to eat and how to make it edible, but Pascal is creating foods that one would want to eat or even see served in a Michelin-rated restaurant. As part of the interview with Pascal, I also appreciate hearing about how many classes and workshops he took in order to learn all that he did to create the book. This is a valuable lesson for all of us to slow down and take our time to collect our experience and understanding of our chosen discipline, to recognize what chapter of our story we're on and do what we can to improve ourselves, which is something that 
I'm working on doing is I continue to step into what it means to slow down and take a sabbatical during 2017 and the seventh year of the show. As I take the time and energy to invest in myself and, in turn, the podcast, I'll continue to produce new long-form interviews, as you're used to, while also leaning on friends like David Bilbrey to have other conversations and to add unexpected voices to the dialogue. Behind the scenes, I've asked my friends at Liminal Collective to take on more of the work that happens when the microphone is off, like social media and the newsletter, so that I can focus on those interviews and the Possibility Handbook. Nearly a year ago, I made that trip to Missouri to record hours of interviews and take thousands of pictures. And now, not quite a year later, I've generated hundreds of pages of notes, with everything compiled in a way that I can begin writing that book in earnest. 2017 is going to be an incredible year for permaculture and our practices. And along the way, this podcast will be here with you, sharing more news and interviews from our community. There are, of course, other projects and things that are being worked on in the wings for you, but I'm in a place where I'm just going to trust the process of it all. We'll make more announcements as those things come together. Wherever you are, wherever your path takes you, my door remains open if you have any questions or would like to talk about anything you heard here, from an episode in the archives, or in a future episode of the show. Give me a call, 717-827-6266, email show at permaculturepodcast.com, or send me a letter, The Permaculture Podcast, P.O. Box 16, Dauphin, Pennsylvania, 17018. Though I don't know when you'll get this, Happy New Year, and may you have a wonderful 2017. And until the next time, create the world you want to live in by taking care of Earth, yourself, and each other.